Welcome to The Nine Podcast, where we take a look at topics that crop up around our work in insight and strategy. Here, we are learning more about what it means to be human and how to improve the human condition. So today, we're going to keep trying to wrestle with this uh, subject of the feminine which is a concept that frequently gets confused with female or the gender. And, you know, it's something that just keeps coming up in little ways and in big ways. Um, <laughs> you know, whether it's um, our ability just to sit back and listen uh, or to just be instead of doing, um, you know, it's something that just crops up a lot. It comes up again and again. So there's no way to, <laughs> to run from the subject. We have to, I think, at some point turn and deal with it. And that's what we're trying to do. But I would say that uh, <laughs> I will maybe just address the elephant in the proverbial room. Uh, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man. I identify as a man. Um, and that could be a big part of what's driving my interest in this. I don't know about you, but um, because a lot of the things that are assigned to culturally, assigned to the state of being female um, and therefore called feminine, uh, those are aspects <laughs> of my identity that I identify with, right? They're, they're very much part of who I am. Um, and so it feels personal. It feels important to be able to wrestle with this stuff. So as a man, when I hear that things that are quiet and uh, soft and you know, a lot of these other descriptors that we might associate with the feminine, when I hear that those belong uh, to or assigned to uh, the feminine, in a way, like I feel sort of dispossessed. Um, I am often very quiet. I know you are too. Um, I know there are a lot of men out there who are quiet. There are men who are great listeners, men who... quite naturally create space for other people. In our work, um, where we are conducting research, person-to-person um, -person research, ethnographic, immersive research, one of the most important things for us to do is to sit and be quiet and really to be affected we talk a lot about uh, the importance of allowing another person to impress upon you sort of the shape of their emotional body, right? The way that they are needs to be able to leave an imprint on you as a researcher. Well, I mean, that act of receiving, that act of holding, creating space for another, that's inherently a feminine trait. 
So it feels important to figure this out. It feels important to be able to talk about it um, as a man, but also, uh, you know, as a father, you know, as, as a look, I, I have a son and two daughters and, um, you know, I think about the world that we are passing on to them and, <laughs> you know, my son is a very gentle person. And I know that our culture really wants to squeeze that out of him. And that breaks my heart. Uh, similarly, I mean, both of my girls are very gentle, sweet people. Um, and I would love for them to be able to maintain that while also um, harmoniously bringing in other traits that are perhaps more masculine, but not Here's the thing, like this is why it's tough, right? Because everybody, every human being has the ability to sit back and receive. Every single human being has that capacity. Just as they have the capacity to fill that space, to step into that space, right? So this balance of individualism, which would range toward the masculine, versus a more uh, collaborative uh, emphasis on partnership and sharing, which would range into the feminine, that lives in every single individual. I don't like that one gender would get assigned half of that and the other gender would get assigned the other half. It's ridiculous, yeah. It, uh, and again, I, it breaks my heart because it denaturalizes the human experience. It basically tells the human you only get to access half of who you are. Now, I think that's enough of a polemic about why this <laughs> matters to me. But I think um, we have to be honest about how it you know, came to be. You know, you, you and I have talked a lot about how there's some of this that goes back hundreds of thousands of years into our basic biology, right? So if you look at, um, you know, let's say the woman's ability to grow another human being in her body, <laughs> which is amazing, right? Um, that is by its own, by its very nature, it is a holding. It is a physical creation of space that this woman is... Making for another person. She's making for another person, exactly right. And so it would make sense, I think, from a certain perspective, <laughs> to see, oh, woman holds and grows and we can't exactly see what's going on in there. It's sort of mystical that therefore the woman is the holder of the feminine because man can't do that. And I suppose that makes sense. And even if you look at, um, you know, some of the other associations that would come out of that early part of our being, uh, human evolution or whatever it is, 
you look at the uh, menstrual cycle for women and how it basically is it operates on the same cycle that a moon cycle would um, and so again it's understandable that you'd have this association of female to feminine right and people would look at the moon cycle and say oh well moon must also therefore correspond to the female and all these other attributes that you would associate with the moon right i guess tides isn't that part of it um, and of course moon comes out at in the darkness and all the other things that come with the dark which is resting um, probably mystery, mystery things that are obscured, things that are obscured. Um, and I th so I think we have to be honest about the origins of the conflation we have to be honest about the origins of how it got mixed up but we also I think now need to be honest with our evolution as a species and as organisms who hope to have advanced beyond mere procreation, survival, and death. <laughs> like, I think there's more to us than that. Um, so, my hope is then that we would be able to see, yes, maybe that's where we came from and, and and that natural intertwinement is something that we can understand. But now, can we also start to see how we really do live in each other? And those aspects that I had assigned to the female are also in me. That is, is hard to... Why is why it's hard, mm -hmm. but um, certainly a female can fill space as well as a man, and a man can hold space, create space as well as a female. And now that we see that, what does the process look like to get us into a space where we can respect it? And when we look at each other. Can we see the fullness of each other? I don't know that it's possible to do that without being able to see both masculine and the feminine ends of the range. Um, so here's, here's a really specific example. I was uh, talking to some colleagues recently um, about one of the things that we do, which is you know insight gathering for research. And there's a lot of focus on how we articulate insight, how we write it out. You know, people come, they want to come up with formulas. And here's this different tip or this trick for crafting an insight. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not down, maybe I'm downplaying it a little. I don't mean to disrespect it. I think it is important to figure out how to articulate things. As bad as it is, I sometimes am. 
But to me, it skips the bigger problem that we have in our industry of insight gathering, qualitative research, and all that. Even strategy, I would extend it into strategy, certainly. Um, we don't know how to receive. We don't know how to make room for silence. I don't think, in general, the qualitative industry knows how to simply be. To be with another person, to be with ourselves. I think the qualitative industry, in general, likes to um, step forward into the limelight, fight for a seat at the table, you know, and declare things, which is unfortunate. It's antithetical to what that whole industry is supposed to be about. Yeah. You know, they say ask open-ended questions. Well, um, it's more, it's bigger than an open-ended question. It's really, it should be about an open presence. And when people talk more about the articulation of insight, what they're pushing on is the masculine. How do we bring this into the light? How do we declare something? Um, and again, I'm not discounting the importance of being able to share what you've learned. But by and large, I don't think that's the biggest problem facing our industry. I think the biggest problem is actually learning more. <laughs> I don't think most of what I read out there as far as what's <clears throat> happening in qualitative research it reflects poor learning. People tend to learn, uh, or they tend to gather stereotypes. People gather these chunks of things that are already familiar to them. Um, and it's because I think there's not enough emphasis on learning, receiving, creating space, and holding it for other people. Um, so we see it every day in, in a really practical uh, level in, in our work but I also see it broadly across life, across culture so it's important we figure it out um, and I guess that's what we're trying to do here <laughs> um, so I think we'll just stop there for this week uh, it's something that I, I don't know that we necessarily figure out at any point. I, you know, who knows? It is ironic that we're trying to drag this thing, this topic, out into a space where we can understand it. Because I don't think inherently it, it wants that. <laughs> Which is sort of a funny thing to say. I think the feminine... Uh, generally is difficult to talk about and uh, hopefully that's what makes all of this conversation uh, interesting thanks for listening to the nine podcast to learn more about nine check out our site at ixcompany.com hope you've enjoyed today's episode if you like what you're hearing be sure to subscribe and tell a friend